0: We'll get to episode 249 in just a moment. But before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of this podcast. When you're shopping at Amazon.com this holiday season, I would really appreciate it if you use my affiliate link by going to ICanSeeYou.com slash Amazon. That'll take you right to the Amazon.com homepage shop as you normally do, check out as you normally do, it doesn't cost you anything more, and I may earn a small commission on your qualifying purchases. Again, that's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there and welcome to episode 249 of I Can't See You. My name is David at David Benj on all the socials except for TikTok. And I'll get to that in a minute. I really am so happy that you're here and really do appreciate you checking out this episode. Thank you so much. We're going to lead off with something funny about the birthday boy. As of today, the 17th of November, it's around one o'clock in the morning and Ziggy turns three years old. Now, I asked Alexa yesterday, how old is that in human years? And she told me 28. So I've had a couple of different numbers Ranging between 25 and 30, so he's actually now older than Jane. (laughs) But as I talk about his birthday today, since he was sick, probably about two weeks into it, he always looked so sad to go into his, Liz calls it a crate. I call it a cage. It's a cage, for God's sakes. You want to call it a crate to make it feel a little better that you're not putting him in a cage? Okay, that's fine. But it's a cage. He was looking sad, and we thought, you know what? Let's try and have him sleep in our bedroom. We got him a bed, and we put it up against the wall near where it's cold because he likes it cool. And he sleeps in the middle of our bed. <laughs> he has not once laid on that bed. In fact, that bed that was about 100 bucks is going back on Saturday. <laughs> so... Last night, and he gets so excited. Liz goes to sleep early. Liz goes to sleep the the same time I went to sleep when I was like 12. She goes up in the 9 o'clock hour, sometimes right around 9, usually never till 10 is she awake, unless she's already sleeping on the couch downstairs. But she goes up, so we take Ziggy out, and then he goes up with her, And he gets situated. Now, as soon as he gets up there, he wants to play a little bit once he's on the bed and he bites me and he bites Liz and he likes to lick the hand lotion that Liz puts on every night from the 87 times she washes her hands at school every day. He likes to try and lick that off so she can't keep her hands from under the covers or he will lick it off. So that's also probably not good for him. But he's been sleeping and And for the most part, he's slept in the middle of the bed. And we have a king size bed. So Liz is on one side, Ziggy's down the bottom part of the bed in the middle, and then I'm on the other side. When I come up to bed, he gets very excited. Like he hasn't seen me in forever. And it's usually only been a couple of hours and he will get excited. He'll try and give me something. He, he loves giving gifts when he hasn't seen you in a while. Now, the gifts when he's in our bedroom, he usually jumps down and gets something out of the dirty clothes hamper to give or present. But sometimes, he, <laughs> as the last couple of nights, he has given me the shirt I'm supposed to sleep in and then won't give it up, and it's already soaking wet, so I haven't been putting that, <laughs> I haven't been putting that on. Last night when I went to bed... He got excited, and he's bringing me my shirt that I was hoping to sleep in. And instead of laying back down in the middle of the bed, down at the foot, on the bed, but down that end, he came over as I sat on the bed to take off my shoes. And then he didn't move. He put his head down, and he was ready to go back to sleep. On my side of the bed, right below my pillows, stretching from the edge of the bed, Probably his tail was probably all the way over to where Liz was. Couldn't get him to move. Finally, Liz got mad and got up and got him to move. And so then he was back down at the foot and that was fine. The great part about him sleeping there though is when it's cold out, he's like a giant hot water bottle because he warms my whole side of the bed up. It is awesome. And when he's sleeping in his normal spot down at the bottom, it's right where my feet are. So it's perfect. It is perfect. But it's very funny, and he seems to like doing this. And I know a lot of my friends who have dogs. They all sleep with their dogs. And he, of course, doesn't sleep under the covers because that would just be way too hot for him. The next couple of items are somewhat related. I was on my way to Harrisburg for the NFB of Pennsylvania State Convention last Wednesday. And I had taken a couple of pictures of Ziggy. And I was going to post them in a carousel. I mean, I know it's a small carousel. Two is still a carousel, right? So I grabbed the two images. Now, unfortunately, they weren't the last two images. The last image that I had on my phone was of the QR code... From the PDF from my Amtrak ticket, for some reason, it had disappeared from the Amtrak app on my phone. I don't know why. I don't know what happened, but I could not get to my ticket on the app and in my wallet. It had disappeared from there as well. Now, I had also booked my friend Brian's train travel to the convention he presented on Saturday. So I have a feeling that was the issue. But whatever, I had the QR code and when the conductor came, I opened my photos and I grabbed the QR code and I had him scan it and that was good. So when I went to post on Instagram, I grabbed the two pictures, I said I wanted to do multiples. And again, remember, when I'm doing anything on my phone, I'm using the screen reader on the iPhone which is called VoiceOver. So I selected the two images and I did the alt tags for them. And when I hit next, I tried to put a caption in or whatever I was going to say about the two images on the regular post where everybody can see it. The alt tags are read by the screen reader, which if you don't have voiceover turned on or talkback on an Android phone – you have no idea what's in there. And usually it just describes the two images There, in this case. One was Ziggy laying in the grass with a white fence behind him and a blue sky up above. The other one was Ziggy looking sad and he was laying on the floor in our living room. And I basically said something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. And of course, I can't see the images when I actually am telling what they are. And I only knew the difference between the two because of the white fence in the one. And that sometimes is an issue. I remembered when I took the pictures what they were and I had somebody check them to make sure they actually looked okay. And I think that someone was Jane. But I can't see the little thumbnails when I do the alt tags. I just, again, have to hope that I'm getting the right ones. I know which ones I want to pick. So once I did all that, and once I checked everything that it was also going to post on Facebook, I then hit post, or it might have, maybe it didn't even get to post, maybe it was next. And when I hit next, it then took me back to the beginning, like I was starting all over. And then of course, what it showed as the image that I was going to, (laughs) that I was going to post on Instagram, it was the QR code for my train travel. And I did this several times, changing the order of which I did things. Sometimes I did the alt tags first and then did, did the description. Other times I did the description and checked all that other stuff and then did the alt tags. Nothing – and I did it about four or five times and I was so frustrated. And I, I probably, <laughs> I, I, Hopefully I didn't say anything bad on the train because I was trying to do this on the train. So I let it go. And I figured, okay, I'm just not going to do it. Now, at this point, I wasn't able to even tweet my frustrations because my new phone could not get me on Twitter, even though I was entering all the proper credentials, couldn't get it. And Jane and I had gone back and forth for a while with that, and she had told me the way she got back on the different social networks, if she couldn't get on, she would delete the app, then re-download it, and then do it. And that's what I did about a week after... Um, all this stuff went on with my Instagram stuff. Now, the Instagram, I haven't had an issue. I've been able to log in and everything else. It's just that I can't post a carousel. I didn't want to post each image individually, although I guess I could have. I was just so frustrated by the time. And again, one of the issues I have, I'm holding my phone and my hands are killing me. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. And so the more I try you know, it hurts after a while. So I stop and I put the phone away and I just sit there and do something else. Now, today I wanted to, I finally decided that, hey, you know what? Maybe I should have a TikTok account because I'd like the Chinese government to track me wherever I go because (laughs) it's, it's, it's like that Beavis and Butthead episode where they're standing in the convenience store and the They're watching the tape. The the owner of the convenience store is watching the tape, and they are just stationary as uh, everybody's flying by them because they're watching at double speed or whatever it is. And they're just in the same spot for like eight hours. I'm here all day usually, except for last week when I was in Harrisburg. So I thought, let me do a TikTok – get a TikTok account for the podcast. I have one called Ziggy and the Man. I'm the man. I've never posted anything on it. I signed up for it because I wanted to have the same – I also have an Instagram account for him, Ziggy and the man. And again, it's just so difficult to post and because I can't post on my – from my computer and I know you can when you schedule them and you go in and do all that. But then it doesn't do the alt tags. It's a mess and some of it may be user error. There's no doubt that that could be part of it uh, as far as the Instagram stuff goes. But – With TikTok today, I couldn't get past the sign-up screen. I just wanted to have I Can't See You podcast. That was going to be the handle, but I couldn't even get to that because I got to the spot where it asked for my birthday. And I only know this because none of this page was readable with voiceover. None of it. The only reason I know what this page said was I took a screenshot. I took it into Be My Eyes using their AI and got the description. Now I wasn't sure what the how I was going to enter the birth date. It, of course, it didn't tell me that. But down at the bottom of the screen, I realized that it was basically those um, almost as like a wheel. Like you could spin spin a wheel, and the days of the month go by, or the months go by. But I had to shut voiceover off to do any of it. It was completely useless. When voiceover was on, I couldn't do anything. I would just touch around the screen and nothing would happen. The only thing on the screen that I could read was how much battery life I had left and uh, what my Wi-Fi network was called and what time it was and things like that. So I couldn't do that. So that's going to be tech support when she comes home this weekend for a few days off next week for Thanksgiving. She will help me set that up. And hopefully I won't have an issue posting on TikTok, but we'll see. When I was trying to do that today, I was so completely frustrated thinking, you know what? We are not the same. Blind people and people who can see are so different. And at some point I got to realize that. So it was kind of bumming me out. I'm not going to lie. The main focus of this episode is the NFB of Pennsylvania State Convention that happened from last Wednesday to Sunday. And... You can hear my throat is a little funny. I even debated if I was going to record tonight. Everybody has a little something-something that they <laughs> that they took home from Harrisburg. I've heard from probably about 10 people who have different levels of illness. Now, my friend Lisa tested herself for COVID the other day, and when we were texting today, I said, you know what, that was too soon. Maybe do it again if you have another test. She did, and she doesn't have COVID. Doesn't seem like it's COVID, but... I've heard that one person has either bronchitis or hopefully not pneumonia. I've heard from others that have had fever and chills. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward what everybody came home with. And I I was a little concerned. As I said to Liz before I left, I said, you know, maybe I should buy something to bring you home so that what I don't bring you home is COVID again. And it would be funny if she got COVID because of the family – She, I believe, is the only one that got the latest COVID vaccine. I haven't gotten it yet. I don't think – I'm pretty sure Jane hasn't gotten it yet. Jacob may have gotten it, but I'm not 100%. I don't think he has, but I don't know. So the convention itself, it's always a lot of fun because you get to see people from all around the state who you only get to see every so often because of things like the convention or national convention or some other – some other NFB of Pennsylvania events, leadership seminar, and things like that. So it's always fun to get together. I knew going into it, it was going to be a lot of work this year. Besides doing the website and doing the forums and things like that, and and I'll get to that, I, I got something really cool for doing the website, and I'll tell you in a few minutes. I was also tasked with helping with the sound. And... I have never touched this machine, and it's a mixer. It is a Mackie, what is it called, Pro FX 12 version 2. It's about five years old, and it's got a whole bunch of knobs and sliders and things like that. I have no idea what the knobs do. I tried to watch some YouTube videos and learn what they were, but of course once I once I was standing in front of this thing I'm like I don't remember what any of those knobs do. But I know that the sliders controlled the volume of the mics. And it was actually pretty cool we have we had one corded mic which was a the same mic the same model mic that I am talking into right now, sure SM58, which is one of those indestructible types that you see it's a, it's a very I don't want to say iconic, but you will see it on stage during stage performances, during concerts and things like that. They're very, very durable. That's the corded one. Then we had a couple of handheld wireless ones. And then we also had, which was really cool, we had a couple of lavalier mics, wireless mics. So during my presentation, for example, I walked around this big ballroom and got a lot of steps in, probably about 7,000 of the 11,000 I did that day, was during my three-hour presentation. I know that sounds like a long time, but I wasn't talking the whole time. We had guests. It was basically like a three-hour podcast. We had someone from the state named Chris Cowan talk about the BEP and the small business programs that blind folks are eligible for. We had Dan Gardner from View Plus, and Bill McCann from Dancing Dots to talk about their businesses and how they started them. In Dan's case, he didn't start it, but he took it over. It was a family business that as his folks got older, he took over. And so basically, I'm asking questions. We asked audience the audience for questions, things like that. There was a guy from Miami named Juan Carlos. He has his own business. Talked to him and asked him a few questions. We had Pam Bacaro there. She is the president of the Pennsylvania Association of Blind Merchants. She talked about the BEP and what it's like to run one of their micro marts. Yes, those are the things that, they're a little bit different than the blind bodega, but basically it's the blind bodega. It's the blind bodega in the 21st century. Let's say it and leave it at that. So that all went well, but I'm I'm asked to do this board, which I also did <laughs> during my presentation. I was running back up and checking the levels. Sometimes it got a little weird, but it all went pretty well, I thought. And again, I got the steps in. I can't stand still. It's very difficult. I don't know why. I'm sure there <laughs> I'm sure there's some issue there. So we learned the board and there were some issues with the board. We couldn't get some mics to work and then we could and then one went away and I, I, I don't – I didn't handle most of that. There were a couple of ladies named Michelle. One was Michelle B and one was Michelle M. They took care of most of that and they knew they've, – they've operated the board before. So they were the main people that operated the board. But there were all sorts of technical issues with that. But I helped set it up and we had it in uh, the ballroom that we were in, which when they first had set it up, it wasn't actually completely set up by it when I, when I came down and started helping, we had to move some speakers around because the cords weren't long enough and we had to do this and move that and so forth and so on. But I did that and I was happy to help and do that. And that was basically, besides my presentation, that was basically when, what went on on Thursday first setting up the equipment and then doing a couple of other things. I was asked to do some other things here and there uh, during the day. And then Thursday night was the presentation by the, I forget what their actual name is, basically blind veterans. Some of them were blinded while they were serving and others had gone blind after after the fact. Uh, but that's always nice. The nice thing about this one, was that there weren't as many certificates to hand out because the last few years, everybody in our group in the NFB of Pennsylvania had already recommended their parents or their brothers or themselves for the certificates. Now, we actually had a couple of vets in the group, both uh, from Keystone Chapter, Mark Bias and Kenny Robinson both served, And maybe next year, they'll get the certificates and get recognized. So it was a shorter-than-usual service. And I missed last year's – I'm sorry. It's not a service. Celebration. Let's call it that. Last year, I missed it because I I bumped my head. (laughs) And I say bump my head. I mean blood was going everywhere. And I still think of it every time I put the shirt on that I was wearing that day because I loved that shirt. And there's still – if you look closely, you can still tell the blood is you know, still in there a little bit. You, know, you can still get that idea. And yes, we used OxyClean. That was Thursday. And things, again, not terrible, but not going 100% smooth. And you're never going to get 100% smooth. And just like with Believe You Can, we expected technical issues. There's always going to be technical issues when you're dealing with all sorts of different things like that. The lunches, the hotel kind of did their part that day. There were, quote-unquote, box lunches. They were actually in bags on Thursday and Friday. Friday, I was bummed because there was no cookie in the bags. and I really liked those cookies. Now, these cookies weren't nearly as good as the ones last year in Pittsburgh, and it was a different hotel chain last year. I, I don't remember. Marriott last year. So that went fine. Friday is a time for the different groups to meet and, for example, the Pennsylvania Association of Blind Merchants, the blind parents group actually went from being a group to a division. The seniors group met and all those, all those other folks met. Students met, blind students, things like that. That's what goes on. Now, the first thing on Friday – that I participated in was we had Rabbi Lenny Sarko and he brought, and he he didn't give me the what for, for not going to the synagogue for about two decades other than my parents' funerals. He brought with him something it took him a long time to create, and that is Braille scrolls. And he went over how he did it and how he was able to do it. And there's all sorts of – in any religion, and I know this may offend some people, in any religion, there's all sorts of craziness that you have to. You can't do it that way. You got to do it this way. And there are reasons for it. But – he had to do some workarounds to stay within those boundaries of, I I can create this and it's got to be X number of columns and it's got to be X number of rows and it's got to be this. And how do I make Braille is all the same size. How do I make these letters bigger or show that they're bigger? Because in the actual Torah, they are larger to emphasize them, but you Braille is, you know, those cells are six dots. That's it there's never any that are bigger. So he came up with a way to do that. And it was very interesting. The sad part was there was only a table of us there to take in his presentation. It was in the main ballroom and there were about 10 of us. And it was nice because it was very intimate and uh, it was interesting. It really was interesting. And, And I touched God, not in an inappropriate way too. There's the word God that's written, and I don't remember what it is in Hebrew, of course, because I'm that kind of Jewish person. But And uh, so I was able to touch that. He asked me if I wanted to touch that spot, which I did. And uh, I couldn't tell you what the letters were, even, even if I wanted to. And it was in Hebrew Braille, or Braille Hebrew, I guess, is more likely what it is. And just very interesting. It was very, very interesting. In fact, we're going to have him and his wife on an episode of White Canes Connect because it really was incredible how he did this. And the story has to get out there. So other folks who are Jewish and in other places around the country, when they need to do something on the – let's say a bar or bat mitzvah, they'll be able to read – Right from this Torah, during their Bar Bat Mitzvah, even if they're blind, and you can't memorize it. That's that's one of the rules. You got to read it word for word, so you don't mess anything up, or it ends up like whisper down the lane, like in Johnny Dangerously, and nobody knows what the story is except for the last guy (laughs) and the first guy. Saturday is what's called general sessions, where a lot of people present. Some of the folks talk for a little bit longer than others. And my, like I mentioned, Brian Fischler talked, he talked for about 20 minutes about his flight for sight award and traveling to all the different ballparks and the travel issues that he came upon and things like that. But it's broken into two sessions. There's a morning session that goes until about noon, and then there's an afternoon session that goes from 1.30 to about 5-ish. In between, of course, is lunch. Now, Saturday's lunch is a sit-down lunch. And there were some issues with the hotel here and there. For example, on Thursday when we went into the hospitality suite, which the Blind Merchants sponsored, and when I say the Blind Merchants, Pam Baccaro really did the majority of the work there. She brought all the stuff in. Her and Stacy were the ones that were really the ones that had things going on. And Eugenio worked a little bit in the morning. I was in there every day, but – I didn't really do anything. And so I can't take any credit for that. I, I just kept telling Pam, look, you got to get reimbursed for all this stuff. Because it was hundreds, hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. Drinks and snacks and muffins and yogurt. All sorts of stuff. candy. So when I went up there, after my presentation sometime around 4 o'clock, 4.30 on Thursday, there, were, there was no trash can. I had eaten a banana, and I'm like, where do I throw this peel? There's no trash can here. Somebody took it from me, and I said, well, where are you going to throw it? She said, oh, don't worry. I'll take care of it. And it, was somebody, it was somebody there who was with a blind person, but this person had sight. So I went back downstairs to the front desk. I said, look, we really need a trash can for the hospitality suite. Yeah, I know. Somebody's working on it. It seemed like the hotel was very short-staffed. And really, the people who were working didn't have any idea. Now, a trash can is one thing, but it really went off the rails on Saturday. Really off the rails. As I mentioned, there's a lunch. And it's a sit-down lunch, not a a box lunch. And so we go into, we break at around 10 after, quarter after 12. We go into the next ballroom where tables are set up. When we walked in there, there was really nothing on the table no utensils, nothing. And again, we only have an hour and a half, and in fact, less than an hour and a half because we we broke late. So food started to come out, and the people that got turkey sandwiches at our table all got their food. And with the turkey sandwich, there was a little salad on the main plate, and then a small bowl of soup also sitting on the main plate. Now, I don't like soup, so I have no idea, but a lot of people said it really wasn't warm. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be gazpacho, but it was. And there were still some people at our table that, who ordered chicken salad, four of them, four people, that didn't get their food right away. So I'm eating mine and I'm just I'm basically using my hands to eat the salad because there was no salad dressing. At one point after some of the food, actually the first thing that was brought out to the table was the waitstaff had a handful of sweetener and they just put it, this handful of sweetener, put it down right on the table. Not in a cup, not in a bowl, not in anything. Okay, that's different but we waited. And then, like I said, we got the turkey sandwiches and I ate my turkey sandwich and I used my fingers to eat the salad one leaf at a time. And it was, the salad was actually good. It was a uh, more of a mixed greens than a regular typical salad. And meanwhile, we're still waiting and we're all talking. Most of the people at the table knew each other. So we had plenty to talk about some of the people we hadn't seen in a while and we're chit-chatting and things like that. And I'm done my sandwich and done my salad. Then they finally start to bring some iced tea. That was one thing that I really missed during the whole convention was I didn't have, other than that day, Saturday, I had a little bit of iced tea. They didn't have unsweetened iced tea at the bar. It was just brutal. My friends still didn't have their their sandwiches, their chicken salad sandwiches. And again, there were four people. So I got up. I figured I'm done. I'm going to go see if I can find somebody to get these people their food you know it's now after 1 or right before 1 and people keep coming over and saying yeah it's on it's on its way up right now was the first time with before i got up and walked around and that was the main guy his name was desmond and he was terrible he was the hospitality person the main guy for the hospitality awful overwhelmed couldn't figure most things out just brutal so he tells us, and then he disappears. We don't see him again. Some of the other waitstaff come over. Finally, I get a little testy with one of them, and I'm sure I'm on some list of this guy. But he was mumbling under his breath as he walked away. And at this point, it is now after 1 o'clock, and again, we have to be back in the other room at 1.30, I get up again. I go and ask someone else. Somebody rushes out of the room to see. Finally, by around 20 after 1, we're told, you know what? We really don't have those chicken salad sandwiches. They're not coming, which they knew at quarter to 1. They could have told us that and asked the people to get something else. There was a mother and her 16-year-old daughter. The mother is not blind. The daughter is. They decided, I can't wait any longer, so they left the hotel and went to a pizza place, which he said was very good, either, either brick oven or coal-fired. I don't remember what, but they said it was good. A couple of the others, one of them being Harriet and this other guy named David, David got his turkey sandwich fairly quickly. Harriet never really got the replacement. Just brutal. Another issue that we had, and this is taking a step back, Friday Night is an auction and a talent show, and I had hoped to bring you, for Just Listen this week, a clip of someone who did an original song. She had a really good voice. She did two songs, an original one, which, of course, I asked her if I could play it. I don't have the file, though. And she also did a song from The Sound of Music, which, of course, I can't play, but at some point, I hope to bring you—her name is Sadie McFarland. She's from—she's actually from Ohio, but she goes to school in the Harrisburg area and hopes to get a job somewhere in the Harrisburg area when she graduates college in May. But what a great voice she had. And during that, they have a cash bar. You get a mixed drink for about nine bucks— a bottled water is $2, and in the rooms, there's always a water cooler type of thing. They took that out during the talent show. So if you wanted water, you had to buy the bottled water. You couldn't just get a cup of water from the cooler, which I thought that was a little shady. And as we found out as the weekend went on, they, this hotel did so many things wrong. It was, the only good thing about the hotel was the room was comfortable, And I guess that's something because if the room wasn't comfortable, a lot of people really would have been miserable. But just the wait service at lunch was terrible. The guy Desmond, who again is the hospitality manager, I guess, he was the bartender. And people are asking him questions as he's doing things. It's just brutal. Saturday night is a banquet where there's speeches off and on during dinner. Again, no rhyme or reason for how things were done. Some people got their food right away. Some people had to wait. And I'm talking about people that ordered the same thing, which was white cheddar and prosciutto stuffed in a chicken breast. That's what it was supposed to be. I didn't get that, so I don't know. I got the veggie option, which was supposed to be ginger veggie stir fry over brown rice. Finally, after most of the folks who got the chicken had theirs, they came over and said, who got the veggie? I raised my hand. I was the only one at my table. And again, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not a vegan. I'm neither of those. But I, I, I usually like that stuff. And I usually don't like the chicken option or the meat option if there was one. And there was no meat option, just the two. So they bring my food. And I'm like, oh, I've been waiting for this. I saw, there, saw the, uh, all the orders come in for it. There were 17 people out of the 110 or so that ordered food. 17 of us ordered the ginger veggie stir fry. I don't know what the other people got who ordered the ginger veggie stir fry, but what I got was some sort of tortellini or some sort of pasta in a cream sauce. It was not any kind of ginger and there was no brown rice. So disappointing. So now I shouldn't complain because a couple of tables or at least one table never got their food. It was just so disjointed and the hotel was just so bad. Crown Plaza, Harrisburg Hershey at 23, I think it was South 2nd Street in Harrisburg. The nice thing is about the hotel, it's about two blocks from the train station, an easy walk if you have a small bag and you have no trouble traveling. A very easy walk. Just a straight run right up the street from the train station to the hotel. It was horrible. The hotel was horrible. Just awful. And some of us wonder, with everybody being sick, was it something the hotel did? We don't know if that... That happened or not. So one of the things that happens at the convention is there are positions that you get elected for. And over the past year, I had been asked if I'd be interested in being the treasurer, which I have absolutely no interest in doing. I I don't like doing it for Keystone and now the Blind Merchants, which I'm both And I don't need a position to do the work that I do. That was one thing that I do not it – doesn't, it doesn't matter. So during general sessions at one point, Lynn called me up. Lynn, is the, Lynn Heights is the president of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. She called me up. She thanked me for doing the website and the forms and everything. And then she gave me tea that has a good amount of caffeine in it and a pound of loose tea, and I've tried it. I actually have it every, I've had it every afternoon this week (laughs) since coming back, and I do like it. It's starjeeling, and um, like I said, I do like it. I had plenty of lemon in it today. I probably should have put some honey in. Maybe my voice would hold out a little longer. So that, I had mentioned that earlier that I was gonna talk about that. So back to the elections. Over the summer when I was at CBVI, maybe it was late spring, I got a call from my friend Kirk Hunger, He was, I don't know what the word for boss is in Spanish, but he was my, he was my boss at the blind bodega, both in the green federal building and the IRS building. He needed someone to help him while he moved from there to vending machines at the postal facility um, in the Byberry section of Philadelphia. And I, if you go back and listen, I did i did the vending machines for a couple of weeks. It was just so far. I spent four hours working and about four and a half hours commuting on either end of that work because of the train schedules and things like that. It just, it just was too much for four hours a day. But Kirk had called me when I was at CBVI and he said, hey, do you think I could be the first vice president? I said, yeah, I think you could do that. He's very... Um, what's the word? He's very outgoing. He is a people person. And he is good at that. And I told him, I absolutely think he could do it. So I'm thinking, okay, he's going to be the first vice president. The other folks, they're, they're, the nominations were the people who were already in the office. Lynn was renominated for president, and Harriet was renominated for secretary. And the board people were the ones who, whose time was up. Uh, they were renominated. There was no one in the first vice president spot because of what happened at last year's convention. And so I was wondering who was going to be. In fact, I was talking to Stacey Leap a couple of days before, and thank God she reminded me that I was supposed to do some merch for <laughs> for the convention, which. I did the day before I left because I had completely forgotten. I had started and I was working on something and then I don't remember what happened. Something called me away, whether it was NFBFPA related or Keystone related or digital graphics related or I can't see you related. I don't remember what it was or it might have been White Canes Connect. I don't remember. But something called me away and I completely forgot to get back to it. So we were talking. I said, hey, you know – who do you think is going to be first vice you know we went back and forth i said you know maybe you're going to do it you should do it she's like well nobody told me about it I, and and she said well how about you and i said well if they asked i would probably do it again as i said earlier i don't need a title to do any of the jobs any of the work and it's funny because we have a national representative who was there her name is Pam Allen she's the first vice president of the NFB the national organization. She's also the president of the NFB of Louisiana, and she's also the director, as I've mentioned, of the Louisiana Center training area for uh, where you go to get a lot of months to learn how to live independently. And she brought this up often, that you don't need a title to do the work. And I, I believe that, and I've said that before. I heard her say that, and I was glad that she said it. So to my surprise, as they announce who the recommendation is from the nominating committee for first vice president, I hear my name. I'm like, oh, okay." And the way it works is they'll say, um, as they vote on them, they say, "Okay, um, we nominate David Goldstein for first vice president. Are there any other nominations from the floor? And they say that three times. After the third time, somebody shouts out. We move the nomination cease and David be elected by whatever that's called. Ten years in this organization. I still don't know how to say that, what it is. Well, after the first or second one, and I don't remember, somebody says, and I believe it was Michelle B. that said, I nominate Kirk Hunger. And I'm like, oh, good. okay, Kirk's going to get it because I'm not – nobody's going to vote for me over him. I thought. And some other people at my table, some people that I had just met said, oh, we should vote for you, right? I said, no, no, no. Kirk really wants this. Vote for him. (laughs) So I don't know who else at my table. I believe most of the table that I was at voted for Kirk. Evidently, a lot of other people voted for me. And while I was surprised and it didn't matter to me whether I got some sort of title or not, I think deep down inside, I think I'm happy that I got it or excited. I don't know what, the, I don't know what the, it is, but I, I believe deep down I'm happy I got it. I haven't told a lot of people. In fact, we just told Jacob today because we were talking about something and, and then I told him the story. So I am now the first vice president. Actually, I don't know if I'm now the first vice president. I don't know when my term starts. And it's just basically being there for when the president can't do something. And again, it's an all-volunteer organization. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to get a paycheck. There's no paycheck. None of us get paychecks. We get reimbursed if we spend money on certain things. Like I get reimbursed for doing – paying for the hosting for White Canes Connect. But there's no money. There's no money involved. It's And in, sometimes it's a lot of work. As I mentioned, doing the website was a lot of work, a lot of hours. And so I'm still the same, the same thing with Keystone Treasure. Same thing for the Merchants Treasure. And now I've added this other title. So it'll be interesting to see how the next two years goes (laughs) go because it is a two year term and I don't know how Lynn's health is, but I hope she's in great shape (laughs) because if she's not, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't know, as I mentioned, I don't know a lot of things. So that was the big takeaway. And, and, um, The two takeaways for me was that and how horrible the hotel was. The Crown Plaza in Harrisburg, Hershey. It's called the Crown Plaza, Harrisburg, Hershey Hotel. And Brian was telling me it said also resort, which, of course, this place was not. He went down for lunch the one day. The restaurant was closed for lunch. Wait times in the hotel restaurant for dinner. Lynn was telling me she waited an hour and 45 minutes and finally got up and walked out. And that was after her order was placed, some of it, some of that waiting time. So it was just brutal. And it's a shame because we've been to that hotel before. I've stayed there at least two other times, one during a convention, one during a – when I stayed over for a meeting. Just awful. Just awful. The yogurt was in a fridge in the hospitality suite. It was plugged in. The plug didn't work. So I don't know how long the yogurt was sitting unrefrigerated. Things like that. Just all sorts of some big, some small. The wait staff not knowing, as as Kirk said to me, and we talked a few times about it, they just weren't trained right. And some of the people, as I was getting a drink for, I was getting some water for myself and a gin and tonic for Brian, it took the guy probably a good Four or five minutes to make this gin and tonic because he would put one thing and he put the ice in. Somebody would come and ask him a question. He'd start to do the lime, and somebody else would ask him a question. One of the people came over and asked him a question, and he said, Make sure you do the head table first. The head table, of course, is where Lynn was sitting, the president, and the VP number two, Emily Gindelsberger, who's also the chair of this convention. The, the, <laughs> the server says, What's the head table? Now, whether you can see or not, all the tables in the place were round, except for the head table, which was long. So just that alone, you would think you could figure it out. So it was clear to me, and I went back to the table and I asked a couple of the young folks who were at the table, I said, what's the head table? They didn't really know either, but they're not in the hospitality industry. They were sitting there eating or hoping to eat it during this thing. And this person who asked the question, again, she was young, probably a kid, but she didn't know what the head table was. And that's something that, to me, would have been one of the first things said to these people when you become a server at a hotel that has a head table in their events. Because I'm sure this wasn't the first one that had a head table during an event. The hotel was awful. Just awful. And funny enough, today I got a text and an email from Pam Bacaro because she's doing a holiday party for the blind merchants and the BEP vendors. It's at that hotel. Who knows what kind of food we're going to get, if anything. They're going to eat in the restaurant and then move over to the bar and, and have it there. So I would love to go to that, but I don't think I'm going to because it's the same day as the Keystone chapter Christmas party, and it would just be a lot, going from the one party, jumping on the train, going to Harrisburg, and then staying overnight. So that was the convention. It was great to get together with everyone, made some new friends, and it was nice to see there were some younger folks there. A girl named Esther from Lock Haven, and, as I mentioned, Sadie, who's still in college— and Becca kind of hung out with them. Becca is in the Keystone chapter. She's Jane's age, uh, so it was nice that they hung out. There was a, a guy who Trish Maunder had told me about, who I connected with. Uh, his name is Spencer. He was there, so hopefully he'll hop into Keystone. Just it was just nice to get to meet these folks and again see some of the see some of the older folks that you know I've seen over the years at these different functions. And and I won the auction for a lady named Shirley Scott. We had her on White Canes Connect. And when we had her on White Canes Connect, she told us how she made candy. She made caramels. And I, <laughs> I asked her then or said something then. I said, you know, the next year's convention, maybe you could bring some for the auction. And when she registered for the convention, and I saw that in my email to her showing all the different foods she picked for the different meals, which she probably got or maybe didn't get. I said, uh, you know, I know we talked about you making some candy. Well, she made, not only did she make candy, these caramels, she also made these cookies, which we've been enjoying all week. And I keep forgetting to email her to tell her how much we've liked them. And I was sorry that I put them in my luggage for the trip home. They just didn't fit in my backpack. Because it would have been great to go up and down. We were They put us all in the same train car. And I guess I should talk about that. I'll talk about that briefly. But I won the auction for her cookies and candy. It was a combo. I got those for 75 bucks. Best 75 bucks I ever spent, probably, <laughs> to my recollection. So that's – again, the auction is always fun. And I won one other thing that I didn't come home with. But that's another story and I won't go into it. Um, but it's always fun. The auction is always fun. Coming home was a little bit of an issue. There was probably, I, I want to say there was 27 of us that came home on the same train. Well, they put us all together, both in the same car and at the, at the train station, and got a little weird and a little ugly on both sides. They asked us, to grab onto the person in front of us and go out there like a, like we're a human choo-choo train. They didn't say that, but that's what I felt like they were trying to say. And the way this one red cap guy was yelling at us, I, when we got on the train, I sat next to Brian. He, I obviously got off in Philly. He went through to New York. I said, this is what they did to our people <laughs> during World War II. They were yelling at us and grabbing and things like that. Now, one of our folks really got bent out of shape about it. And the one thing that we always try to do, and it's sometimes very, very hard, as I've mentioned, is to try to remain calm and keep your composure because that person, and he called for backup, at least came over to me and said, oh my God, they called for backup. And it was some sort of security person. It wasn't like the police. I, I don't know if she was packing or not, this, this security person. But they called for backup and she arrived. The one thing that it, – and it, it, we try to keep our composure, but it's very, very difficult sometimes because we are treated so differently. And this person just got so bent out of shape that it it got ugly. This person explained how we use our canes to walk. We don't grab onto other people unless somebody else needs us to do that because they need a little extra assistance. Nobody said, hey, could somebody grab my arm and help me get through? And I know that these Red Caps and Amtrak folk were just trying to make sure we were safe, but they didn't do it right. And this person took exception to it and then acted out about it. And there was a little bit of yelling, and it just wasn't a great look for us. Because the next time that red cap sees blind people, he's going to remember what went on that day. And he's going to say, you know what, let them fall over. Let them fall off the edge, not of the world, you know, off of the platform. <laughs> so it's one thing that's always difficult. Now, the funny thing is I Amtrak reached out and asked how they did for that trip, and <laughs> I, I responded. Gave them pretty high marks for most things, but I gave them mid-range marks for the way that went down, and I then wrote a little piece about it, and then I told them how that Brian and I joked about how our people were treated during World War II. Brian is also Jewish. So it just wasn't great coming home. Now, the cool thing was we were all in the same car. I don't know if they did that for themselves or because they thought we would like to be all together it, one way or another. Then we got to Philadelphia. The trip is pretty easy from Harrisburg to Philadelphia. And the station was pretty busy on the Sunday afternoon when we got there. But that was that was the journey home. And again, it was great to get together with folks and learn about the things that we did. Brian did a great job on his, his presentation. A lot of people laughed and were excited to hear about it. And it'll be interesting to see... Because Flight for Sight has just opened up another round of travel grants that they're giving away early next year. But you can go to flightforsight.net if you're interested, if you're blind or visually impaired and want to jump in on that. You have to submit a – I believe it's an essay. And Brian kept saying, you should do that. You should submit one. I don't don't feel comfortable doing that because I did their website. It just seems – I feel more like an employee, and I don't want to. Just seems like it. The, the optics just aren't right, and I know it's funny saying optics when you can't see anything, but it just doesn't seem right to me. So I'm not going to. And, <laughs> but I, I had a couple of ideas. Music. I Don't have a just listen for you this week. I'd hope to bring you something from the NFB of Pennsylvania State Convention talent show, but I didn't get the file in time to add it to this episode. Hopefully next week. If not, I've got something else planned if that doesn't work out. I do also want to let you know that I am on the current episode of That Real Blind Tech Show And I'm on the next episode that should be coming out in any day after this drops. So take a listen there. That Real Blind Tech Show, I'll link to the one that's out now, and then I'll link to the other one on the show notes page. And again, that's over at ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 249. Lastly, before we go, I'm going to talk about episode 089 of White Canes Connect. Lisa and I talked to Andrew Leland, who wrote the book Country of the Blind, and it is a great book. I'll put a link in the show notes to it on Amazon. It will be an affiliate link. And it is the only book that I've read this year. It may be the only book that I've read in the last few years. And by reading it, of course, I listened to the audio. And he does the audio narration. So it was just great. I really enjoyed the book. But he has a lot of great things to say. And he told us the process that he'd used to write the book. And he talks about a little bit of the history of the blind movement in the U.S., how they started doing some audio things with the telephone and doing some shady things, <laughs> and it, it's just a, it's a great book. He was great to have on, and he was very patient with us. He is also Jewish, and we talked to him on Rosh Hashanah right before sundown. Well, it wasn't Rosh Hashanah when we talked to him, but right before sundown, he was getting ready to go to the synagogue after he got off with us which I think is just great. He was very, very kind uh, to do that for us. And uh, it was a great interview. We really enjoyed it. And so, again, that's episode 089. Lisa and I speak to Andrew Leland. And, again, it's a great read. If you uh, click the link in the show notes, you can read the actual book or you can get the audio version. And, um, again, the audio version was great. So check that out. That is all I have for episode 249. It is hard to believe. I had hoped when I was getting close to 250, I was hoping that I could unveil a new logo and talk about some more things that's coming. But I don't have that. So that probably, unless some miracle happens between now and next week. That will, not be, <laughs> that will not be the case. Oh, you know what? I am kicking around logo ideas. So if you have logo ideas, right now, if you're blind, my logo is basically looks like an eyeball. Um, the shape of an eye and in the eyeball area is a microphone. I kind of want to do away with that because I want to do, as I previously mentioned, YouTube and some other things. And to put the the microphone in there kind of defeats the purpose. Because it's not just the microphone. And I thought about doing, separating it. If you've watched Ozark, they, for each episode, had a circle and in the circle was four sections and they had different images in each section. And I thought about doing something like that, kind of separating it, basically doing a microphone, a video camera, uh, a computer screen, because obviously blogging. I couldn't figure out what to do in the fourth thing. I don't 100% like that idea. I kind of just would like to come up with some other graphic to go along with the word, I can't see you. And again, that is one word, I-C-A-N-T-C-U. And for those who are wondering, the C's and the U are capitalized. And I do that primarily because screen readers. When it's not capitalized the screen reader reads it as I can coo and I have the I the first, well, the only I is lowercase because of iPod, iPhone, iMac, so forth. Did it along those lines. That's when I came up with it back in 2006, the, the logo type, that's what I came up with. And I didn't come up with, I can't see you by the way, Mandy Garcia was the one that came up with that. I we were working at salon supplies and interiors on a Saturday, and I said, "You know, I want to start this blog, and I told her everything about it. If you have an idea for a logo, I'd like to hear from it, whether you email I can at gmail.com or give a call 6469266350. Let me know." And as I started to mention and I forgot to mention last week show notes are available over on the website. Hopefully the website is up. It was down for a little bit yesterday. Again. All of them, all of my sites. Hopefully, I'll get to migrate those like I had hoped. But show notes are available over on the website, icantcu.com slash 249. That's icantcu.com slash 249, all numbers. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 249. Again, reach out, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com, or give a call, 646 926 6350. You've got up to three minutes to leave your name in town and whatever you've got. Questions, comments, show ideas, logo ideas, whatever you got, please. 646 926 6350. Of course, you can always reach out to me on the socials at David Benj on all the socials Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, LinkedIn and on YouTube, where you can watch the, or I should say, listen to the podcast. Soon, I hope to have a video version available. Again, I do really appreciate you listening to episode 249. Thank you so much for spending the time with me. Be well, stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.